This is the Pickle Planet Podcast with Jenna and Tosh. Sit back and get a drink. Let's talk about parenting and how to survive it. I'm Tosh. And I'm Jenna. And today we have another fantastic guest with us. We are so excited to introduce you to Andrew LeBlanc, who is the executive director of the Atlantic Wellness Center, along with many other hats that you wear. But that's the one we're talking about today. (laughs) Good morning. Thanks for having me here. Well, thanks for coming. So for those people who might not know already... What is the Atlantic Wellness Center? Sure. Uh, Atlantic Wellness is uh, a nonprofit charity. Um, we actually used to be in, in Riverview, and then we, uh, we moved over to Lute Street in Moncton. We offer free mental health services for youth ages 12 to 21. So we have all of our services uh, wrapped up in, in what we call our circle of care. So um, we try and provide you know, a well-rounded support for the whole family, not just for the, for the youth, but the primary service we offer is one-on-one counseling and therapy for for youth, and then we have a whole bunch of other services that branch off uh, from that as well. We have parent support, and we have group therapy. Uh, and then aside from the clinical piece, we also have uh, a psychoeducation component as well. So we do a lot of presentations in schools and with, with community organizations, uh, even some businesses on occasion as well, and uh, yeah, just to promote mental health awareness and, and, and teach coping techniques and strategies and, and different things like that. So in your staff, do you have therapists or do you work with outside businesses and they come in certain days of the week to talk to people or do you have your own staff? Yeah, we have uh, we have four therapists on staff okay. um, and then we have a parent coach and a service navigator on staff. We have a funds developer and we have myself as well. One of the really cool things about the organization though is we have a really strong um, internship program. So when you're trying to complete your master's in, in counseling, you have to do uh, an eight or a nine month practicum. Uh, and so students who, who need to get that done can come and do it with Atlantic Wellness for free. And then the trade-off is that they can carry a caseload while they're doing the practicum and they can help us in our clinic, um, which keeps our costs really low, which being a nonprofit is, is really important. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and we're able to have a much bigger reach into the community that way as well. So it's a, it's a really great program. I think to date we've had uh, 25 interns that have come through the center since we started. So Incredible. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's yeah. It's, it's pretty great. And speaking of the reach, so the center has only existed here for a few uh, years, really. Yeah, we were incorporated in 2011, and we started seeing youth in 2012, early 2012. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's 2019, almost 2020 now. Like, that's not really a long time. But no, you guys have done a, a lot in that. <laughs> like, you guys have done a lot in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about some of the numbers around what you've done in terms of how many people you've helped. Sure. Well, since uh, since we started seeing youth, we've seen over fifteen hundred youth in uh, in the Greater Moncton area. And really, uh, it's we 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 say we serve southeastern New Brunswick. I mean, we have a a pretty broad reach. Um, so we we do so many different things. I guess uh, we're tired a lot, and <laughs> we can understand. Yeah. 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 So, uh, for example, one of the challenges. Um, that, that people have in, in New Brunswick in general with accessing mental health services is wait times. It can take a really long time to get in uh, to different places. And so, um, you know, finances are another barrier. It can be really costly to try and access services if you're going through an EAP program or your own private insurance. Oftentimes coverage will run out after four or five sessions. And so the idea behind creating Atlantic Wellness was to offer barrier-free service. So that means there's no cost to, to coming in to access uh, any of the services that we offer. We want to make sure that everybody 
uh, can get the mental health support they need, uh, and, and there's no barrier to that. We also try and reduce wait lists as much as possible as well. So just making sure that, um, you know, if you're suffering right now and, and you need to t speak to somebody really soon, you're not waiting for, you know, a year to try and get in someplace. Um, so I guess that's why we were created, was to try and tackle some of these things. And the government has added, you know, the integrated service delivery model, and that's, that's made some changes as well. But we actually predate the creation of ISD as well. So... Some of the things that we've done, uh, we last year we launched our, our mental health clinic. So it operates just like an after-hours medical clinic. Um, and so it's not a walk-in, you, you do have to call in in the morning. So the phone, phone lines will open at 8.30. Um, and then you can call in and get an appointment for that night. And so it's really meant for one-off sessions. Uh, you know, if, if something happened on the weekend that might have triggered some anxiety or, or, or uh, just something that you, you really need to, to speak to someone about, um, then you can get an appointment that night, and it's it's great that you, you know you don't have to wait. It's also the best point of entry into our long-term service as well because you can go on our, our wait list um, at that point too. And uh, I don't want to jinx it by putting it into the universe, but uh, our wait list was only at eight youth uh, like last week, I think. So That's fantastic. Yeah, at the beginning of 2019, we had a wait list of 90 kids. Wow. And so we've been able to drop it down with some... Our team is so amazing, and they've made some really great changes on our intake process and and how we manage all of that. And so because of that, we've been able to bring down the wait list a, a lot. And then the new cohort of interns really help with that as well, and they're able to take on uh, some new caseloads. So that's one of the things that we've done to try and, you know, reduce reduce wait times in the community is, is at that clinic. It's been a really helpful piece. And, um, yeah, we're just trying to do our best to promote that it exists. A lot of people still don't know that it's there. And it's such a valuable resource if, you know, if you don't want to wait for months and months to try and get in somewhere, then... Well, especially, too, if you know that it's something that you don't feel like you need full-time counseling mm. help with, but you know that you're struggling with something right now yeah. to be able to say, okay, yeah, I'm going to, Monday mornings, right? It's Mondays? Yeah, Mondays. Yeah, Monday morning, I'm going to call and I can see someone tonight to just like get this off my chest, have someone point me in the right direction, and then yeah. I should be good again for a while. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, a good little chance. As an adult, I can see such value <laughs> Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Like, and as a parent too, like as, if a parent has all of a sudden their child's dealing with something and they don't have a clue mm -hmm. how to deal with that issue... You guys are there to help them, which is fantastic. Yeah, and that's one of the neat things. I mean, uh, parenting resources are, are in short supply in, yeah. in general, yeah. and so that's, that's certainly always a challenge. So we, we do want to make sure that our, our services are really holistic and they're really uh, well-rounded. And so part of the wraparound piece is, is the, the, the parent support. So we have a parent coach on staff. So if your child is accessing services with us and they're learning new coping techniques and, and, and strategies... You're obviously going to want to know how to support them as best you can, and so some parents um, just struggle with with how to, to manage that, or or just want more information, so they can come and meet with our parent coach, and sit down and talk about okay, well, this is what my child's been learning. How can I help them best implement these strategies? And it's great just to have that support and that resource there is, you know, a, a good boost for the parents as well. And then we do have a parent support group that runs uh, once a month as well. Excellent. Yeah. So if you were a preteen or what have you, are they able to access you if they say they didn't want their parents to know? Mm -hmm. Like, are they able to access your services without a guardian? 16 and up can. 16, yeah, they okay. can self-refer. Okay. So we, I mean, our referral sources are, are pretty varying. Honestly, a lot of the referrals we get are from uh, schools, the hospitals, doctors. Um, and But you, you can absolutely self-refer. Families can refer themselves. Or if, like you said, if you're a, a young person and you Maybe, maybe home life is, is one of the issues that you just mm -hmm. want to talk through. 
um, then you can absolutely self-refer into the center and um, you know at, once you're 16 and over that confidentiality is respected so that's fantastic especially if someone's listening that is like mm. a personal support worker and they can mm-hmm. pass that on to the kids that they're working with yeah yeah yeah, teachers, yeah. teachers, listen up. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> that was actually my next question. Do you I know we have in, a lot of teachers. Schools? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know that's you know, especially in those teenage years, I think that's where a lot of teenagers find the most adults in their life and the mm-hmm. most chance that they're going to find that person that they trust mm-hmm. to give them good information. And I know that we have a lot of teachers who listen and who follow along. So, and I know you guys have done a fair amount of work trying to to make sure that educators around here know exactly how your services work. We are so fortunate to have a really good relationship with the school district, and I I give them all the kudos in the world for the fact that they've opened their doors to the community to to let us come in and be a partner with them in working with young people and their families. Um, I I think we're all starting to recognize that collaboration and partnership is the only way we're going to start to see some success. And uh, even, even beyond the district, I think the government is starting to understand that a little bit. And still trying to figure out what that looks like yeah. and um i want us to look like money that's yeah. right <laughs> fair we, fair yeah. <laughs> yeah you gotta visualize it put it out there in the universe yeah. so it'll happen yeah. right absolutely yeah but we're, we're a part of a network called uh, the u-turns committee that the united way runs and it's a phenomenal network of agencies that are, are doing some great work around mental health in the community and so you have agencies like youth impact that are a part of that and then boys and girls club and uh, a, a number of other like ywca and a whole bunch of great people around the table and so we're able to deal with um, more severe instances and we, we ensure that there's really strong communication between the organizations so that um, there's a whole network of support ready for you if, if, if a young person needs help and it's it's pretty great. And it's, it's been great too just to get everybody speaking the same language, um, advocating for the same sorts of things and the United Way has done a phenomenal job connecting with ISD uh, at the director level and uh, advocating with the province as well. So they've definitely opened some doors for us and it's, uh, it's great to be a, a part of a really strong network like that. I think it's so important to have those because otherwise you can have these organizations that are doing fantastic things that are almost overlapping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas when you all come and sit down around the table and you're like, oh, you're doing that. Okay, you keep going there. Mm-hmm. I can focus here now because I know someone else is doing that. Yeah. And if you're all talking to each other, it is. It's just, it's so much better for everyone in the community who needs those services to have everyone at the table talking about Absolutely, where the strengths yeah. are, where we can help each other. And we, we, yeah, we're able to find some gaps in services. And so, for example, we're at, uh, we are at Youth, or Youth Quest uh, one afternoon a week. So it was kind of identified that there's some real need there for some support. Um, and obviously Youth Quest is dealing with a lot of challenging issues themselves. Um, so we were able to send a therapist uh, once a week to go and, and provide um, outreach therapy, um, which is great to be able to partner with our local agencies and do that. And we can help address needs. Um, another one we do, uh, we're at JMA one morning a week. Um, we had a number of, of referrals come in from the Salisbury area and transportation was a really big challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, it's hard for them to get to the center in Moncton. And so we thought, well, look, if the, if the numbers are there and, and people need support, we can send a therapist to Salisbury. And so that's, that's what we do. And yeah. We, we're not really that far away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, no, it's an hour drive? Yeah, 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 I know, I know. It took me forever to get here this morning. No, but it, it, it's a big barrier if you're a teen or a family who lives outside of the village trying Mm -hmm. to get all the way into Moncton and work it into your schedule. But you said to send one person from Moncton to Salisbury, that's a 15-minute drive. Mm -hmm. Especially if one of those young people, maybe one of those ones that doesn't want parents to know that they're accessing services, 
well, without parent support, you get a drive to the center. Sometimes that's not possible. So it's nice to be able to have the flexibility. But I think that's one of the, the good things about relying on the community to, to offer services like this is that we do have flexibility. So not just Atlantic Wellness, any community or, or youth agency um, would be in a similar boat, but we, we're not bound by, you know, 8.30 to 4.30 and, and we don't have uh, the same sort of red tape or anything like that. We, we have a lot more flexibility in the services that we can create. Um, and and it just means that we're able to meet youth where they are. It doesn't mean that there's not really good things happening with ISD. There's some awesome things happening there. They're doing really, really great work, and we're really um, honored to have them as a partner. They, they, they collaborate with us really well, and they've been very open to have us be a part of some of those conversations. Um, but we do things a little bit differently. Their mandate is to deer, deal with uh, Tier 3. So mental health is often broken into t- to three tiers, one, two, and three. So one uh, is more uh, early intervention prevention, I guess, uh, and then early intervention is two, and then more complex needs is, is three. ISD often focuses on the really complex stuff. That's where the community can come in and deal with the tier one and tier two, because oftentimes those youth are falling through the cracks, and they're not able to get service because the wait lists are filling up for all the complex cases. And so if you're at an early intervention or a prevention stage, I think that's where it gets really challenging to access services because the, the resources just aren't there. ISD themselves, the government is saying we're understaffed. We don't have the people to, to fill the teams that we have. And so there's challenges all around and we're just happy to be uh, at the table and, and collaborating together. So I like to see the focus on any mental health, but youth mental health especially. So we're lucky enough that we grew up without all this social media nonsense, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, plenty of us had our challenges through the, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever. But these kids now are seeing so much more that we did not have to deal with. So well, and, and being, that, that constant. Yeah. It, how do you escape it yeah. now? Like, there's no... Yeah, it's it's... The, the dynamic in society has completely changed now with social media, and it's, I mean, my, my daughter is going to be four in January, and I'm terrified for her to have to grow up, because I'm still yeah. trying to figure out how I live my life with social media. Yeah. I have no idea how I'm going to well, yeah. her through all of that, too, and I know there's going to be challenges along the way, and but, it, you know, we see that shift. You know, even adults are now defining our self-worth via, how many likes did I get on this picture, yep. and... You know, my daughter's really cute. Why didn't I get a hundred likes on that picture? <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. Well, go though, like yeah. your picture, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what yeah. I'm getting. Um, <laughs> no, but it's true. It's been it's been very fascinating to kind of watch that shift of like our yeah. generation mm-hmm. and even like people a bit older than us who didn't have it at all. Like, I mean, I remember getting email and being online and I remember only being able to email like two people because no one else I knew had email yet in high school (laughs) (laughs) and then that shift all of a sudden it's like all of the generation above us is on social media as well and try we're all trying to figure it out at the same time Mm -hmm. and I don't know that it's ever anything that's happening quite that same way before that we've all tried to figure it out together rather than knowledge being passed down and built upon and things improving we're just all kind of thrown into it together now Mm -hmm. yeah sink or swim yeah that's (laughs) I, I like that I feel like there is a shift on social media of trying to be kinder but there's always going to be those trolls out there. No matter what you do, those trolls are always yeah. going to be there. So yeah. um, I can see that. Friends of mine, they have this, they have their own plane. And they, yeah, it's super cool. <laughs> anyway, they live in Texas. And they had their throttle thing stick while they were in air. So he couldn't slow down the plane. Anyway, they 
landed safely, all is well. But they posted a video of it up on their YouTube, and it's got like a million hits, and people are so mean. So mean. Like, he landed a plane, <laughs> saved him and his wife and his children's lives, but they're still not good enough. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just awful. Awful. Yeah, some of the stuff that's out there is, is really hard to deal with. And the other thing, I think, with social media is there's not really a whole lot of accountability for what gets put there. So you can say whatever you want. It doesn't matter whether it's true or mm-hmm. whether you just sat there and made it up yourself. Like, it, people are going to believe what they read sometimes, and so I think that can really... Uh, obviously really impact uh, a young person in their in their mental health because so many things are said all the time and that's how rumors get started and reputations are destroyed and you know it's it can be devastating and I you know like you said I we didn't have to deal with that necessarily yeah. so there was a, you can go home at the end of the school day and yeah it was much know, easier to it block it out bit. and to yeah Just to have people that could well and to people that could ground <laughs> you and be like no it's you know we still believe this about you and yeah, yeah it's yeah. a very very different situation than it was something that we've kind of touched on but haven't gotten into very much here is the fact that you mentioned it's a non-profit you guys are not you know you don't have some stockpile of money you don't have you know a set amount of money that you get from you know the province or the federal government or anyone this is this is your organization so what what challenges does that bring with it in terms of what you can do a whole lot of challenges <laughs> yeah where uh, to start well i mean with any nonprofit, funding is going to be an issue um one of the things with our organization because everything is free um i guess my frame of reference i used to work for the boys and girls club and so in that organization we had uh, a daycare program an after school program so you have some sort of sustainable revenue that's coming in uh with this organization we don't have that because every service is free that's the mandate of atlantic wellness is to make sure that there are zero barriers uh, when accessing services. So without that sustainable revenue piece, sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's really challenging to know where the next, uh, <laughs> where the next month payroll is going to come from. Right. But, uh, we rely a hundred percent on community grants and foundations and individual donations from local businesses. And, uh, we've taken a lot of steps, um, to try and build a better fund development plan for the organization, um, and try and build something a little bit more sustainable. And so, certainly a challenge but our doors don't stay open if we don't have community support um and we're very fortunate that uh our community has rallied behind us on uh, many occasions and and so we uh yeah we're, we're still here so <laughs> and you've done some really great fundraisers yeah what uh you have one coming up that's a, a fabulous family <laughs> classic oh, yes. which one's that yeah so that's the monster trot and barbecue yeah um <laughs> Very clever. Yeah. Did you come up with that? <laughs> no, I did not. I cannot take credit for that. That uh, predates me. I still remember um, the first time I saw a big sign for it. I was like, what is that? That sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. Yeah. So basically, we give your kids sugar and then send them home with you and you're left to deal with that. Yay, thank you. <laughs> um, Worth it, though. Yeah. Really, really great event. We had about, uh, I think it was around 800 to 1,000 kids. Uh, with parents, we had over 1,500 people at the event last year. So it's always at the Monte Coliseum. This year it's on October 26th from 12 to 3. Uh, and so we have different businesses that will sponsor a, a candy station or a booth. Uh, so they get the great promotion of, of being there with so many people and getting their brand out there. Uh, and then kids just go to each station and trick-or-treat. We have a barbecue and uh, uh, we have uh, lots of other stuff that uh, that's going on. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a cool event. What I like about it is that 
the kids can actually wear their costumes without a snowsuit yeah. and, and get to enjoy yeah. their costumes too, well, right? And it's, yeah. it's perfect, especially yeah. you have little ones who, you know, aren't really going to stay up late mm-hmm. and don't quite get the whole it has to happen on Halloween thing about trick-or-treating. This yeah. can be Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, this this was pretty much Halloween for our kids a couple times. That's <laughs> we're awesome. like, we're putting yeah. on the costumes and you go trick-or-treating because you go from stop to stop and yeah. everything's decorated. Mm-hmm. You get ridiculous amounts of candy and you know as a parent it was totally worth the it's a ten dollar admission right for ten dollars for everyone who's going to Mm trick-or-treat it's totally worth the ten dollars going to your center to have that experience and to see everyone out the community Mm -hmm. feel of it was so fun and yet my kids are like beside themselves (laughs) wait because it's written on the calendar and they keep going how many days like how many days until the monster truck yeah Yeah. because they know monster truck comes first yeah it's the the warm-up right yeah exactly a lot of people didn't even realize that the the event was a fundraiser for atlantic wellness so we're trying to do more to promote Mm -hmm. you know every ten dollars you put in is uh well, every seven people that comes in, that's an hour of therapy that's provided to a young person. So, wow, what a way to think of it! Wow, I know. Yeah, yeah. So get out. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> pay for two kids, <laughs> even if you bring in friends. one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We, yeah, we will take donations yeah. at the doors <laughs> as well. So, yeah, it's a really, really exciting event. It's a great way to get the community engaged as well, and uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Well, and it's so fun, just creatively to see all yeah. the stuff like all the di- <laughs> all the little displays people put up and all the costumes, the costumes they and, like, put on yeah oh i i love seeing the costumes people show up in that yeah. is my favorite part that's that is, a that's a big thing too because a yeah. lot of parents won't dress up to take your kids trick-or-treating but in mm-hmm. there oh yeah there <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> show up in costume up. yeah yeah I've, I've never gone to it not dressed up <laughs> I definitely did last year, and now I feel like I better dress up this year. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The precedent's been set. No, yeah, no, yeah. I was, never, at the same time as I was never really big into Halloween. Uh, when I started with Atlantic Wellness, they're like, here's your Waldo costume. We all, we all dress up from Monster Shot. Oh, here we go. But it's, I'm, I'm into it now. I'm sold. So at least they good. provided you with a costume, though. You didn't have to come up with it yourself. Very true. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's true. That's half the battle right there. <laughs> All right, so we're going to have to wrap it up. So before sure. we go, why don't you give everyone the highlights they need to know about contacting you if they need help or if they want to support you? Sure. Uh, best place to start is uh, AtlanticWellness.org. Every, all the information is on our website. Uh, you can call us at 382-0298, uh, and we can give you all the information you need about accessing services. Uh, if you are listening to this and you're interested in, in, in coming to the center, uh, the best two ways are to go through the clinic on Mondays. Uh, it's the fastest way to get into service, um, or you can call and book an intake appointment with us, uh, and then we'll, we'll go from there. So those are the two ways to get in. Uh, and again, all the information is on the website, and if you'd like to make donations, you can also do that on the website, um, or you can contact me directly, and we'll, we'll make it happen. And I'm going to put the plug in there. Last year, for teacher gifts, that's what we did. Donations to Atlantic oh. Wellness. Yeah. yeah, that was good thinking. Yeah, good so thinking. putting it out there, guys. Yeah. I know everyone's starting to think that way. It's true. Keep it in mind. Christmas gifts? It's perfect. Yeah. All right, Andrew, yeah. thank you so much for oh, coming in. Oh, thank you. We appreciate it. Oh, we appreciate it. Now, people need to know more about this resource here in town, so that's fantastic. Keep it going. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for listening to the podcast or watching the podcast. Remember to give us a review if you liked what you saw today. Hit subscribe, if you will, on your podcast provider. And that's all. Bye. See you next week. <laughs>